Well, hey, thanks for taking the time to join us today. We're calling this Introductions. Uh, I'm loving the opportunity to introduce you to some of my friends and people who have had a real profound influence in my life. Uh, after I graduated from high school, I sensed very strongly that God wanted me to pursue a, a role in, in ministry. And so packed up from my home in Northeast Ohio and moved to Southwest Missouri. I went to a school called Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, was, was learning how to, how to be a pastor and how to study God's word. And uh, at the start of my junior year, they told me, you're, you're going to have to take a class with the new guy. And you're always a little nervous when the new guy is coming in. Um, but the new guy was Dr. Wave Nunnally. And uh, I can tell you, and, and 20 plus years down the road, I know that my, my appreciation and my, my view of God's word was forever changed by the opportunity I had to be in Dr. Nunnally's classes. And it's my privilege to introduce him to you. So Dr. Nunnally, thanks for taking the time to join us. It is so my pleasure. I'm privileged to have the opportunity to uh, spend time with you and share with your folks. We, uh, we, we shared a little bit of time just before all of this coronavirus yeah. um, pandemic really, really hit the U.S. We were in Israel together from March 2nd through the 12th. And I think we both kind of got back just in time, didn't we? We did. Barely made it in and came back to a whole new reality. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've said several times I got off the plane and the news that day was they canceled the NBA. And I think, I don't, you know, I don't think you can do that. Can you cancel the NBA? <laughs> and, uh, and nothing's been the same since. So. No, it hasn't. Well, can you, can you tell those that are watching Dr. Nunley, what's your, uh, if you, if you had to describe your day job, what, uh, what is it that that uh, that is is what what you do? Well, a lot of that is changing because I'm in education, and uh, the, our campus, uh, both campuses, the undergraduate and the seminary at Evangel University Assemblies of God Theological Seminary, has been closed down um, and is off limits for all but essentials, and so uh, all of the courses within about a week and a half had to be. Um, uh, transferred from traditional seated courses to online classes. At, at this particular point in time, I'm teaching at both the graduate and undergraduate level. And big picture, I teach from uh, freshman all the way through PhD. Uh, and so this semester is just a microcosm of what I do. And all of that had to be changed over within the, the, the course of about a week and a half. Wow. So that's we're in education and we're doing, pulling out all the stops, trying to do as much of what we do in face-to-face -to, -face to do that now digitally and in online delivery. I know if you had to, this, this is a tough assignment, but if you had to tell us your life story in three minutes, what, what would that sound like? All right, life story. I was uh, born in Richmond, Virginia and, and, and grew up there. Uh, Graduated from high school, went to one year of college, playing baseball at University of Richmond, transferred to Mississippi College. A friend of mine was already there, became his roommate, um, went there for a serious study of the Bible and biblical languages and the like. And um, during my time in college, met my wife of now 41 plus years. And um, we were married for about four years, moved to Israel, and everything changed at that point. We sold everything we had, moved our family to Israel. I did a master's degree there in Hebrew language, 
and that sort of set my course for this whole, you know, Bible in context, 3D, HD Bible that includes uh, geography, history, language, literature, culture, uh, archaeology, uh, and the like, and um, still doing that today. Wow, wow. Yeah, talk, talk about that a little bit. You know, you and I have had um, multiple conversations over the years about the fact that we, we often read the Bible and we, we only think of it from our own perspective, but there's so, there's so much more to understanding. You know, you use the word context, you know, uh, when you talk about scriptures. Um, I don't know, give, give us a little insight into why that is so important. Well, um, first of all, we tend to read the Bible almost um, black and white, flat on a page, and that's the only reality is what we see in black letters on a white page. But what's behind that, because it's communication and all communication involves context. And if you don't have context, then you miss um, a large percentage of what's intending to be communicated, whether that's in an email or that's in a book or that's in a letter you get in your um, old timey a mailbox, or it's in a sermon, or it's in a voicemail, or it's in a text. All communication um, reflects the context from which the speaker is speaking and into which the reader is um, involved in their own lives. And so you have to have context to clarify fully, to clarify and deepen message. And that's why that's why we moved to Israel in the early 80s. That's why I did a master's degree there. That's why I pursued doctoral work in uh, the area of the, uh, back, the Jewish backgrounds of the New Testament. And um, that's what's pushing me forward into serious in-context in study in the land of Israel with groups, as well as everything that I write and um, preach and teach, you know, in public venues and videos and um, websites and Facebook pages and Vimeo accounts and YouTube channels and the whole business. It's all about context. You know, um, I, I had always thought someday, you know, in my head, someday, and, and I had these two things, I think unconsciously, when I have, you know, um, lots of time and lots of money, that's when I'll plan to go to Israel. Like that, that's what was kind of in my head. And right. then had a kind of a offer you can't refuse in 2016, you know, to go. And I remember, you know, you take the long trip there and uh, it was, uh, the, the first stop was at uh, Caesarea on the Mediterranean Sea. Mm -hmm. And then from there we went to, um, the, to Mount Carmel. And I was standing up on that overlook and we were, we were kind of going, hey, that happened there, that happened there, that happened there. And I remember in my head, this voice said, Chad, why did you wait so long to do this? Like I was halfway through the first day and realized how being there just unpacked the scriptures for me. And, and I, I've had the privilege to, to, to go with you twice with some groups from Calvary. Um, I know a lot of people kind of go, eh, maybe someday I'd do that. Or, and I know right now is a funny time to talk about travel because we have a lot of unknowns in our world right now. But um, if you had to, if you had to give a quick, here's why you should go to Israel in your lifetime pitch. What, what would it be? Well, almost everybody 
has that same experience that you had, Chad, is why did I wait so long? Mm-hmm. How, why did I not know that studying the Bible, where those events actually happened or those words were actually said, why doesn't it, why doesn't it register with people that this just makes sense? Mm-hmm. And I'm not exactly sure. I don't have a good answer for that. What I do know, though, is about 90% of people who say that they're going to go to Israel wanting to go to Israel, planning to go to Israel, 90% don't. And I know that because every year we take groups of students and and the like, we make up lists of people who sign up for, give us more information. We want to be notified when the next meeting is, et cetera, et cetera. And you can almost year by year, you can divide that number of people on that list um, down through the 90 percentile. And that's the number of people that do and that don't. Uh, don't go. Now, why it is that people wait, um, I think it differs for every, uh, for every um, uh, individual. Um, a dear friend of mine who was uh, just taken into a nursing home now, he's had uh, two knee replacements, doesn't really walk anymore, um, is in his 90s, and he told me, he, he told me almost every year since about 1992, that um, next year I'm going to go to Israel with you. And the next year a granddaughter was getting married or somebody was graduating from college or he was having some sort of a surgical procedure or you know there was something that stood in the way basically every year. Um, the sad thing is about it is that he will not go now. He can't go. Um, and that opportunity is gone um, for him until he is a citizen of the new Jerusalem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, I, that's unfortunate, um, but it is a reality that so many people um, uh, end up having to live through or into. I would love for everybody that got on those lists to go. I would love for every Christian to see that um, studying the Bible in context uh, is going to um, is going to confirm its rely the, the word the scripture's reliability. It's going to clarify the scripture's message, and it's going to transform their lives because that deeper level of of understanding and meaning that we're able to get to when we're looking at the Bible in three D. Um, I would love for everyone to experience that. It's just so unfortunate that such a small percentage of the body of Christ will. So let's let's shift gears just a little bit. If you uh, let's say post Corona, you you can you can plan your perfect day. You can you can have a day that's ideal, the day that you could design. What would it be? What what would be your perfect day? I would like to um, be in Israel, um, teaching a group of motivated students that are just ever at the at every turn at every stop. They're experiencing biblical reality almost in the way that the original participants in the story were. And I'm seeing the light bulb come on in their eyes that, oh, wow, that's what Jesus meant. Oh, wow, that, that was what David was, was looking at or whatever. Um, and then I would like to, sort of like in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, I'd like to get in a, a telephone booth, which do, they don't exist anymore. Um, and I would like to be back here with my wife that I dearly love. 
And then I would like to get back in the phone booth and I would like to zoom out to Ozark and like to be with my grandkids uh, on the farm. And then after that, and I'd like to take all these people with me because I don't want to leave anybody behind. So the, the phone booth by now is getting like really, really crowded and uh, you just jam them all in the phone book booth and, and, and zoom out into the woods and uh, enjoy a little bow hunting. And I think that would be my perfect day. Maybe, all, maybe that day it was Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving and the 4th of July and <laughs> Passover and Hanukkah all, all combined into one, all on the, the same day. The good news is, is if you start that, if you start that day in Israel, with the with the time zone changes, you pick yeah. up about six extra hours to cram in there too. Might just be able to make it if the phone booth could go fast enough. Yeah, well, we'll we'll keep working on that phone booth technology. And, and here's I'll say this too for those that are watching. Some of you might go, "Oh, the the teacher saying he his perfect day would be teaching people. He's just giving us the right answer." But I've I've watched you enough on the ground in Israel to know <laughs> the pure joy you find yeah. when when you call it that light bulb goes off and people are like piecing it all together. I'd be curious, what would be the spot? Like if you had to, if, if you had to pick the, the day, the spot in Israel, where would you be? Would you be Jerusalem, Galilee? Like, is, is there one spot where you go, Oh, this, this is, this is the, this is right, the. Right. Okay. First of all, not a fair question. <laughs> After we get over that, then um, goodness, I, if I could get a number one and a number two, my favorite, um, the most favorite place would be in Jerusalem because there are so many locations and so many Bible stories and so much stuff that you can unpack there. And I know you've lived this, you've walked it, uh, even with a bad leg, you yeah. know, um, uh, where there's just so much that is available to you and you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to even get on a bus to go from one part of town to another. You're just location after location. And then the next part would be probably around e either in the Jezreel Armageddon Valley, where there's so many biblical events associated with that, or right around the Sea of Galilee, where so much of the life and ministry of Jesus takes place. Tiberias, Magdala, Capernaum, Bethsaida, Chorazin, um, uh, Upper Jordan River, the Sea of Galilee itself. The city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Um, uh, that all of that stuff that you can almost see from just from outside your hotel window um, mm -hmm. without going anywhere, uh, that would have to really run a close second to Jerusalem. So I know that in the same way that the, the, the question was not fair, the answer was not fair either because <laughs> I gave you two for the price of one shekel. So That's sorry okay. about that. I got my shekels worth. It was there good. Go. So here's, here's kind of a, maybe a, a timely question, but I, I'd be curious your, your perspective. You, you probably as much or more than anyone that I've ever encountered have this unique perspective of biblical events and yet the cultural historical implications of the time. And then I also know enough, I think of your own story to, to know that you've, you've had a front row seat to some unique seasons of transition and change and crisis in organizations and in watching different things. I'd be curious as you're, as you're watching, you know, this season that, that we're in now, this pandemic coronavirus season, like how, 
what are what are key points about leading through crisis? Like, how important is it? How you both lead yourself, but then your family, your church, whatever that might be. A- any insight into how to lead through a crisis? I guess a, a, a couple of ob- big picture observations, and then maybe zooming in close. One would be that um, I, there are some there are certain people who they are living in the moment and they don't have the perspective of the, the bigger picture perspective of, well, have we ever been here before? Has there ever been anything like this before? Spanish flu, um, uh, H1N1, um, Ebola, you know, all of that. And so they're living only in the moment. And I think that that's maybe not the most mature approach. Then there are other people who are looking so far down the line we used to say that uh, there are certain people who are so heavenly minded that they're of no earthly good. They're yeah. looking so far down the line that they, they can't seem to come to a point of, you know, relevant application right now. And uh, as we've mentioned, sidebar, uh, Pastor, uh, lots of people are looking at um, Book of Revelation, end time plagues and, and, and that kind of thing. And um, Indeed, it's a possibility that we're living into a, a, a season of human history where that this could that this could easily fit into. Um, but uh, I, I would just encourage people and leaders, especially because they're going to be guiding people to to take this perspective. Is look, you can get all caught up in the challenge, in the trial, in the difficulty, or you can take that the current difficulty and um, and and look at it in biblical perspective that he is with us even through the valley of the shadow of death. It's good. He is the one who had his people marked with blood on their doorposts and passed over. He's the one who I was reading it this morning, Psalm 121. So good in Hebrew. <laughs> he keeps Israel neither slumbers or sleeps. He is going to watch over us. I did the priestly blessing recently, and it talks about um, that, that um, he will not slumber or sleep there either. And he who keeps Israel, who watches over, who guards, who protects, um, who observes everything that's going on in the lives of his people. Um, he's the one who is with us even to the end of the age. And he's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. Um, he's going to keep covenant with his people, and he will be faithful. And um, that's, I think, the the message that is um, relevant, regardless of you know which of those two extremes you fall on, or if you're hopefully falling somewhere in the more uh, more mature middle. And then I would also say this is that. Um, even in the, in the midst of a discussion in Matthew 24 and Matthew 25, when Jesus is being asked by his disciples of that day, probably like he's being asked by disciples today in prayer and in their own Bible study and devotion times and stuff, what's going on, God? What, how do I respond to this uh, season in human history? Um, I, I think that it's important to First of all, keep our eyes on Jesus and then obey his words. And his words are, when you see these things taking place, 
don't get your maps and charts out. Don't try to figure out what 666 means or who that applies to, but it is to be watchful, to be sober, to be prayerful, um, to be prepared, and to be about the Father's business. And um, regardless of what comes, regardless of how difficult, how bad things get, um, that's going to, those obedience to those things is going to see the people of God through. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably in the next couple of weeks, and I'm not sure timeline of, of all these different things, but in the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about some of this on a Sunday or one of our Wednesday streams or something. And I've got to strategically make sure that I put my sermon before we broadcast this because I want people to think that you got it from me when actually I got it from you. That was good. That was really I think we both got it from the book. <laughs> that's true. That's and true. That's, and that's the good thing. That's the, you know, we're on the same page because we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you know, one of the things that, that we've been doing is we've kind of been getting a rhythm to this, uh, to these, to these conversations is, got a couple questions that I've been asking just on a regular basis. One has been, we'll, we'll go back to the kindergarten question. Do you remember show and tell when you're a little kid where you got to? That's one reason why I love Israel so much is it's clicking point, man. <laughs> it's show and tell every time the bus stops. That's true, isn't it? It's sure so, true. Yeah. I feel, like so, I'm cheating. I feel like I'm cheating, you know, because the, the learning is so easy. It's, it, it's so visual. You, yeah. you get it. And it doesn't even require a lot of explanation on my part. You know, you're not writing out descriptions. You're going, see that? That helps you understand that. And, oh, okay, we got it. If, if we were doing show and tell right now, would you have something? On, oh, yeah, sure. Some kind of an artifact or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I had it. My grandkids have been here. Um, <laughs> so um, I, it, I think that it got misplaced. I wanted to show a couple of little, couple of artifacts. Can you come back to that and maybe we can get yeah. on it? Yeah, in a minute. Absolutely. So here, we'll, we'll do another kind of, a, kind of a personal one. Do you have a hidden talent? A hidden talent. Is, is, yeah. there, is there something people don't know about you? Well, um, one night, I don't know, back about 10 years ago, I was out in my backyard and it was right at almost like completely dark. And um, I have a backyard that's all fenced on all sides. And I've set up sort of a, a, a 3D um, course with uh, 3D targets for archery. And so it was right at dark. And so I was, I was shooting arrows down range and it was in that uh, there were there was like 10 or 12 inches of snow on the ground too and it was freezing cold <laughs> and so um i'm i'm out there just trying to get in about 15 20 minutes of practice before i just froze out and had to come back in the house and so uh i i shot i believe it was like six arrows and uh by then it was completely dark and so i walked to the opposite corner of my backyard and I saw that in this 3D uh, target of a deer, that they were all within the, within the top of a glass like huh. this, you know, uh, about like that. And that was just so cool to me. 
that I pulled the thing up out of the snow that it was embedded in and brought it up on the back deck and asked my wife to come and take a picture of it because I knew that for all posterity, no one would believe me that, you know, I'm out in the snow in the freezing cold shooting in the practically, you know, functionally dark um, situation and uh, was able to, to just ring that thing up. I wish I had my picture, a picture, on, I got it on my phone to, uh, to show you, but um, maybe next time. Anyway, I, I love archery and I love doing well at um, what I'm trying to accomplish. So here's a note to all of your uh, current and future students, pay attention in class. Because uh, <laughs> Robin Hood can turn around in the dark and, and hit you right in the bullseye. So yes. uh, there, there's there's great danger. Uh, the, the Bible talks about the arrow that flies at noonday. Steer clear. That's that's a good that's a good warning and a good word. So, um, if if you were to kind of look inside a little bit, especially in this season, you know, I. I one of the things we've talked about is a lot of people are asking the question, um, when will this end? And maybe the question we need to be asking is how will this end? Like what, how am I going to be different, you know, because of all of this, mm -hmm. like in this season, Dr. Nelly, what are, what are you learning? Are there some things that, that you feel like maybe that you'd be comfortable to share that God's helping you to have some clarity or to see in this season? Well, I would say this, my wife, you know how opposites attract. Yeah. My wife is very outgoing and um, I could very easily live a pretty reclusive lifestyle. So one thing I'm learning is that, uh, boy, this is dangerous. I could really get used to this. <laughs> <laughs> For those that are more outgoing, have a woo style personality, if you know strengths, yeah, yeah. And this could be a real struggle and a real trial. So I guess for those of us who are um, uh, tend to be a little bit more retiring, we need to be, you know, aware that not everybody's as comfortable with the current reality as we are and need to be try to be sensitive to them and be of help. Um, I, I think that one thing that I'm going to take away from this is that um, is this greater awareness of God's faithfulness and also of the resilience of his people. And I'm, I asked my wife one night, I said, Lacey, what would you think, what would it be like? Can you imagine what this current reality would be like if this was happening uh, 20, even 15 years ago, and there is no functioning internet, not for the majority of people, and there's no Zoom, and there's no Skype, and there are no cell phones, and that sort of thing. Um, by the way, the cell phone is an Israeli invention um, that has taken the world by storm. So, um, yeah, I, the uh, uh, Mac and Apple got a hold to it from uh, uh, purchased it from an Israeli company that um, uh, that pioneered the technology. Anyway, all these things that we have that um, that that have been really instrumental in keeping us connected, um, whether we're the retiring or we're the woo, you know, side, the outgoing side. Um, you, we all need to be, you know, like staying in touch with family members and with the elderly, with people that, you know, we know are in need or um, the like. It's been instrumental in having, 
you know, digital church and uh, prayer times and conferences and department meetings and the whole business. Um, and so I'm grateful for the, the technology uh, that, that we have available to us. And I guess the other thing is it's, it's made me aware that I need in this you know, last quarter of my life to be um, pushing the envelope in terms of um, digital footprint of you know, being out there with websites and Facebook pages and um, uh, Vimeo accounts and YouTube channels and so my wife and I are, are both really in this season, during this last five or six weeks, we have been so pushing the envelope on all of that uh, and, and trying to get God's word out and make it available and make it, you know, understandable, accessible to um, whether it's people who have gone to Israel with us or who have never gone uh, to make God's word um, uh, um, both timeless and timely, as we talked about, and uh, to integrate all these different um, aspects of biblical context so that people see, um, experience God's Word in all its clarity and all its power. Well, and, and maybe if you can talk a little bit more about that, like where we could find some of those things. Like I, I'm, I'm looking at your YouTube channel right now, and I see the one of the teachings that there is that we can, uh, what can we know about Jesus from evidence outside the Bible? Um, I think that's at least in part uh, something that you taught. I think you were here with us uh, two years ago now, I think in 2018, and, and I know on a Saturday we did a whole kind of seminar style, and you walked through that. Um, I, I guess uh, um, uh, my mind's going a couple of different directions to ask the question, but one of the things I think is really important is we live in a culture that speaks very clearly in absolutes about when we talk about times where there's not believable proof for Jesus, or there's not enough to put confidence in the scripture, right. when absolutely that is not true if you'll dig down a layer past pop culture. Yes. And um, so, so two things, Dr. Nunnally, like like one, can you tell us where we can find some of this content you're talking about? And then maybe just a, a, a super quick drive-by on, uh, on, on why the Bible can be trusted. All right. So uh, yes, we're, we have a YouTube channel. All you've got to do is go into YouTube and type in my name, W-A-V-E, wave like that, and then it gets harder. So this is just for the A-listers, right? The long last name is N-U-N-N. A L L Y. So you got to get three N's in there some kind of way, and you got to get two L's in there. And after that, you're on your own. Uh, that'll okay. take you directly to the YouTube channel. Um, Facebook, um, we're on Facebook. And for those that do Facebook, all you've got to do is, you know, you get on Facebook and you start looking at the same name, Wave Nunley. Um, Vimeo is not that much of an issue. It's just kind of a place where videos get housed. So uh, we're really, you can also go to wavenunley.com. It's all one word, all lowercase, W-A-V-E-N-U-N-N-A-L-L-Y. And you'll get, you'll get uh, to the, uh, our website. There you've got uh, material information, photos, um, of uh, locations in Israel um, and um, 
uh, also uh, some of the initial trips that we have um, that we're planning through our uh, company Bible Unplugged. Uh, so that's a way that you can dial in digitally to what we're doing. As far as um, uh, this, you know, evidence for Jesus outside the Bible, we started doing that. I started that uh, project just as sort of a handout at first, then it morphed into a, um, a PowerPoint presentation. I think that's what you were referring to that we did yes. that at Calvary yeah. Church a couple of years ago. Um, and then um, uh, this is now eventually uh, morphed into a, um, a video of sorts. It's not highly edited, but the material that's the most important is there. Um, and that is ancient evidence coming from the writings of and archaeology, and that's the sort of thing of non-Christians, people who are mostly anti-Christian. And it's uh, pushing back against this um, myth that has made it into the onto the internet in website after website after website and the only purpose they exist for which they exist is to attempt to demonstrate that Jesus never even existed well I wish them good luck in that they have an impossible task in front of them because it's not just the Bible and the cat's out of the bag there's all kinds of evidence from the ancient world uh, testimony even backhanded testimony by people who didn't believe in Jesus and thought the people who followed him were, you know, a bunch of um, um, under, uh, mentally underpowered people, uh, that they were nevertheless intentionally giving testimony to the reality, not just of Jesus' existence, but that he said what the Bible said he said and did the things that the Bible said that he did. So that was, that's exciting to me. Um, I have a sermon also, um, how can we know that the Bible is God's word? Um, how can we trust the Bible? And that is a um, powerful, powerful expose on how things like archeology, span geography, ancient literature, um, uh, fulfilled prophecy, um, the uh, abundance of ancient texts of Old and New Testament that uh, demonstrate the validity of and the reliability of the Bible. Uh, it's, a fascin it's a fun sermon to do, and one that um, people walk away, yeah, with their heads spinning because there's just way too much information, way too quick. But the point is that, uh, the, the, the big picture point is, wow, there's a lot of evidence um, that underscores over and over and over again the point that we can trust God's word. Well, and, and I personally, I just want to say thanks for, for making these resources available and taking them outside of the Israel trip or the classroom. Because I know for me, like those, those first couple of years, uh, or those, those last couple of years, I guess, in Bible college, shifted when uh, you know I had a lot of great teachers who unpacked the Bible and I'm thankful for the way but the, the way that God used you to help me to understand more than just my flannel graph stories that I got in my good assemblies of God church growing up but but that there's a there's a real story behind it all of real people in a real place with a real context and real history happening and honestly for most people it's it's a little bit even if you're watching this you go oh I affirm that I believe that I don't know what to do with it. Like 
getting getting that understanding is something just like any other relationship really that you develop over time and so you you start to pick up tools and resources that help and there's things that you learn and so thanks for making these resources available because i know for me one of the things i, I learned by watching other people so as as people can watch these videos and the other resources and then start to unpack some of those things as they hear you explain it, they experience it. It then helps us to be able to have the tools to do the work for ourselves. That's right. The other thing we'll, we'll do in the, in the comments for this, um, for this, uh, uh, post, I guess we'll, we'll put some links to back in, in 2018. I'm pretty sure it was when you were with us, we have both, uh, we were, we were going through the book of acts. I know you spoke on that Sunday as well as, I think we have audio links to, to the teachings on that Saturday that are on our website. So we'll put those links there as well, if you don't mind, and, uh, and be able to pass those along. Because I know for a lot of people, if you're looking to go, help me understand how this, some of this might work, because I'm, I'm ready to take a deeper dive. There, there's some great places to go. So there awesome. Absolutely, there absolutely are. And it's, uh, Pastor Chad, it's, it's our privilege uh, to be able to make these kinds of things available. And again, uh, I'm not just like a real proponent of staying on the cutting edge of technology or whatever, but the kinds of things that we can do now in terms of showing images, you know, high definition, de definition images of satellite technology for studying the land of Israel or uh, really, really good um, high def images of archaeological artifacts or whatever we happen to be talking about. There's just so such a um, an incredible platform that we can bring these realities into people's lives and hopefully encourage them to, you know, jump off into the, you know, leave the kiddie pool and jump off into the deep end of the pool in terms of studying the Bible in context where these things actually happened. Well, I, I am so thankful that not just for me, but I think about 50 plus of Calvary's people have been your disciples and trekking through Israel, Rabbi, and, uh, and, and learning some things and look forward to doing that again in the future. I think in the next, uh, once, once some of the dust settles here, I'd love to start talking again about looking down the road for another trip. Um, how, how can we pray for you? Well, thank you. I appreciate the, just the concern and the desire to, um, for, um, uh, physical health and for productivity you know, the ability to continue to generate this material, the wisdom to uh, know exactly, you know, what to do and in what sequence and, and how to do it. Um, and uh, you could also pray that we be connected to the kinds of people that have the areas of expertise and the heart and desire for, get, for making these materials available to come alongside and, uh, and help us. They're just, there's just so much to know that we don't know technology and that kind of thing um and uh, probably will never know because my area of specialization is bible stuff right right but yeah. we've got to have that kind of help we need those kinds of people to uh to help us uh because it it just takes a, it takes a whole team to make these things happen and so I guess that's a, there are, those are a lot of prayer requests and cover a lot of area, but we could use prayer in all of those areas. Well, cool. Could we do that right now? Could we pray together? So, Father, yes, I thank you for 
Dr. Nunnally, and I thank you for uh, the influence that he's had on so many and on my life and uh, us and the life of our church at Calvary. And God, I just ask that you would, as he's prayed for he and Lacey and their, their kids and grandkids, God, would you give them physical health and protection in this season, Lord? Would you let them know a, a closeness and a grace and a and a, and a real uh, just tangible sense of your presence with them in this season. Amen. God, I thank you for the things that you've put in his heart to do, uh, Lord, in, in not just teaching in a classroom setting, but also to get that information in places, especially through technology. And so, God, would you open up doors of opportunity, line them up with the right people. God, I pray that you'd give him a favor that can only be explained as coming from you. And uh, Lord, I, I thank you that uh, you are using this, uh, this wisdom and this insight to impact so many people. Thank you for your word that is alive and active. May we not only know it, but may we live it as well. We ask it in Jesus' name. Yes, Amen. we do. Amen. Amen. Dr. Nunley, thanks for taking the time to do this. This has been a, a, a blast for me and a real privilege for us. And uh, know that there's folks at Calvary who are thankful for you, praying for you, and uh, Looking forward to when we get together again. I appreciate that, Pastor Chad. Thank you for being such a faithful and consistent leader. Thanks for uh, reaching out to us and make, giving us this opportunity to, to share with your folks. And thanks for your prayers. Amen. Thanks. God bless. God bless you.